Welcome to Season 2 of Do Good and Do Well. My name is Sarah Fox and I'm a life and leadership coach and founder of the Do Good and Do Well community. And this is a podcast where we explore how to be a changemaker without losing yourself. Let's get to it. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. How are you today? I am going to be talking about well-being. I, well, there's so much to say, isn't there, about well-being. I notice quite a lot that it can be a bit of a tick box exercise. And I've talked about the impact of bigger systems and structures on how people are really able to look after themselves. And today's episode is really about the individual and what we can do ourselves regardless of what exists beyond us what we can do ourselves to really really support our well-being so the government office for science describes mental well-being as a dynamic state in which the individual is able to develop their potential work productively and creatively build strong and positive relationships with others and contribute to their community. It is enhanced when an individual is able to fulfil their personal and social goals and achieve a sense of purpose in society. And there have been a number of models that have come out that support us to think about our own well-being. So many of you will know about the five ways to well-being that came out in 2011. And it's a set of evidence-based public health messages, which was aimed at improving mental health and well-being of the population. And the five ways to well-being were developed by the New Economics Foundation. They were commissioned to do that by Foresight, which is the UK's government's futures think tank. Bit of a mouthful. And the five ways are connect, be active, take notice, learn and give. So connections, that's about how good relationships are really important for well-being. We are social beings, want to feel connected. We want to feel a sense of belonging. And these good relationships can really improve that sense of belonging, can improve that sense of self-worth, allowing you to have emotional support from others, allowing you to provide emotional support And often with clients that I'm working with, when we're thinking about well-being, we will talk about what are the small things that you could do on a daily basis that make you feel more connected to others. And that's been clearly a big issue over the last 14 months or so. The second piece of that is around being active. So we all know that exercise, moving our body well is good for us. It's good for our physical health and fitness. But evidence also shows that it really improves mental well-being. And you can see in all the interviews that I've had so far on this podcast, there have been lots of examples of people talking about that physical exercise as being an absolutely crucial part of their well-being. Taking notice is about paying more attention to the present 
the present moment and how that can really help your mental well-being. We often spend a lot of time in our heads in the future and also in the past worrying about what we've said, what we've done, worrying about what might happen, what could happen. And so really taking notice about where you are right now your thoughts and your feelings, what's going on in your body, what's happening in the world around you at that very moment is really crucial to your well-being. And most of us know that as being mindful. Mindfulness can help you enjoy life more. It it can help you notice what's going on right in front of your eyes. The fourth part of that is around learning. So learning new skills that can help boost self-confidence, self-esteem. Again, connecting to that sense of purpose and helping you connect with others. Learning together in a group can be a really powerful experience. And there's lots of ways that you can bring learning into your life. It's not necessarily about a course and PhD or whatever. It's like learning a new recipe or... I have a ukulele and I don't play it often enough. Just having a go at learning a few new chords can just be really lovely. The final piece of that is the give. And there has been a huge amount of research around how acts of giving and kindness can improve your mental well-being. It creates positive feelings. We get a sense of reward, which is really important for us. Again, it can help our feeling of purpose and self-worth, can help us feel connected to others. One of the things I would say about that is that I think the giving part can overtake sometimes and actually it becomes detrimental to well-being because you are not necessarily giving from a place of feeling enough. You're giving from a place of wanting to please. The other way that I really like thinking about well-being is using the PERMA model, which was created by Martin Slegman. And he uh, is the kind of founding father, for want of a better phrase, of the positive psychology movement. And he talks about this sense of flourishing, you know, what human beings need in order to flourish. And PERMA stands for positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning and achievement or accomplishment. So he says we need a bit of all of that in order to flourish as human beings. So P, the positive emotions, feeling good, finding joy, finding pleasure in our life is really important. And we know that because of all of the really good hormones that get pumped around our body when we're feeling good. So really being intentional about finding ways where you can feel good, what works for you. The second part of that is around engagement. And he talks about that in terms of being in flow. And there's a lot of research about this, about the moments when you're not really thinking or feeling anything specific. You're just in that moment, in that moment, whether it's me here speaking to you on this episode, not worrying about what else is going on in the world, whether it's you taking part in some creative activity, listening to a piece of music in a way that nothing else matters. Those moments of being in flow are really important for us as human beings. And I think that's partly why a lot of the creative change makers I work with really struggle when they're not able to be creative because those are the moments where 
they are just in it just because and when they can't do that there's a real misalignment there our relationships having authentic meaningful relationships is not about the number of people you know the number of followers all of that it's about really having those relationships that feel important and bring you something positive that bring you meaning in your life m for meaning sense of purpose what's your contribution where do you connect in the world how do you feel you belong in the world and finding that why why do you do what you do you know that's that it's why it's so crucial as part of the do good and do well philosophy really that really understanding what we want our impact to be what we want our contribution to be is vital because that's what will drive us forward and motivate us to do the work. The last bit of that is around achievement and accomplishment. This is great for coaching because it's about setting goals, realistic, but also ambitious goals and achieving them. And when you achieve them, celebrate them. And they might be tiny things, you know, they don't have to be massive, but knowing that you have this sense of achievement, that you're able to accomplish things, that you that you have that self-efficacy, you know that you can get things done is really important. So you have the five ways to well-being and the PERMA model that can be a useful check-in to just see where you are within that, see where you fit, what's missing, what are the bits that are missing, and you might prefer one model to the other. One of the things that I don't think is included in that, and and a piece that I I feel is really important, is around self-compassion and self-kindness. When we think about well-being, you know, it's so it's logical, isn't it? Be healthy, eat well, sleep well, make sure you're hydrated, move your body, connect with people that you love and that bring you joy, get fresh air, go to doctor's appointment, sort your teeth out at the dentist. You know, they're all logical things. Yet, why do we not do them? What stops us from living that balanced life, that well life? And I notice this is from my own experience and my observations that I think part of it is the way that we talk to ourselves the fact that we can be so kind and so compassionate and have huge amounts of empathy for others and yet we struggle to do the same for ourselves and so For some of us, for some of you, you might be really battling with a sense of self-worth, a sense of self-esteem, knowing that you are worth it, knowing that you are your best resource and it is vital that you look after yourself. I know that most of you, probably all of you, will know that on a conscious level. But do we really feel that? Do we feel that we are worth looking after? Or do we feel in a place where we self-sabotage that and we're happy to give all of those things to other people but really struggle to do it for ourselves? One of the things that I think we need to explore 
more and and what I explore with people who come and work with me is around that relationship to self. Mental well-being, physical well-being starts with a solid, loving relationship to self, knowing ourselves, listening to ourselves and pushing ourselves to live a happier and more content life. How do we engage with our wisest, kindest, most compassionate, Jedi-type self where we're not pushing away the hard emotions. We're giving ourselves time to sit in the harder emotions and be able to talk to ourselves in a kind and compassionate way. So there's lots of research. If you're interested, then read people like Tara Brack and Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. They do a lot of stuff around self-compassion and self-acceptance. What I really like particularly about Kristen Neff's work is the idea of self-compassion. There's there's three parts to this. So there's the self-kindness, which is about not being harsh and critical to ourselves, but being loving and kind as we would do our children our parents, the people that participate in projects, our colleagues, that we are not trying to motivate ourselves through that self-criticism, but through positive, reassuring messages. The second part, common humanity. And that's about a feeling of interconnectedness, that we're all part of something bigger, that we all recognise that we are human beings who are flawed and are going to make mistakes and who are inevitably going to get it wrong and actually who are going to experience hardship. We are all going to experience hardship in one way or another. Life is really hard sometimes and the common humanity piece is about not getting stuck in that trap of thinking how things should be. I should be at this stage of my life by now. I should have done this. Why is life so hard to me? It takes that kind of individualism out of it that don't take it personally. Life is hard and really trying to not feel so isolated and alone in that suffering. The third part of this, and this is about all of these things working together, is around mindfulness, which I spoke about earlier, about sitting in that pain. It's about having the ability to turn towards and acknowledge our suffering to, she talks about being able to be in pain long enough to respond with care and kindness so we can take action on that. We so often don't we get caught up in that kind of problem solving. I'm feeling like this, I need to do something about it, I need to feel happy, I need to change my energy state, I need to, I need to be more positive. And, you know, mindfulness can really help us to not get swept up in that problem solving mode but can also help us to not get swept up in those negative thought patterns that emerge the catastrophizing the feeling like it's all me it's because of me it's my fault the jumping to conclusions when we don't have the full picture we can easily get caught up in those thought distortions and so being able to be mindful about how we're feeling 
where we feel it, why we might be feeling it, and and sitting in it for a while. We don't have to sit there forever. We don't want to push it down, push it down, push it down, because it's got to go somewhere. All of this is about how can we take a wiser, as I say, more Jedi perspective on well-being. And yes, we know what's good for us. Do we feel it? Yes, you know what's good for you. But do you really know it? Do you accept that you are enough and you deserve to be looked after by yourself? You deserve kindness. You deserve to be treated kindly. I hope that resonates for some of you. Do let me know. Send me a message and I'll see you soon. I really hope you enjoyed that. And as I say, if you have any thoughts, if anything resonates with you, then please do get in touch. Tell me who you want to hear on this podcast. Tell me about issues you want to hear about. I am really open to listening. Come and join us in the Facebook group. If you're on Facebook, come and join the Do Good and Do Well community or sign up to my newsletter. I send a weekly-ish email out to you to remind you that you matter too and there's some other bits and bobs in there and some thinking journaly type prompts. It's where you can first hear about the special offers I have and that kind of stuff. But more than anything, take very good care. Take very good care.